Hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest edition of Let's Be Direct. This is a lane access podcast in which we examine everything trucking and supply chain and the future of the industry, which, as we all know, is going direct. I'm Andrew Rivera, head of marketing for Lane Access, joined again by Lane Access CEO and founder Rick Burnett. And Rick, uh, this week's topic in some ways to me is sort of the genesis of why Lane Access exists. We're gonna talk about why big shippers traditionally in the past have been hesitant to work with small carriers. Now you looked at this problem a long time ago and said, you know, there's a way to fix this. So really this is gonna be a session where we kind of talk about problems and solutions. So before we get started, I'll just run down a short list and you can add or or subtract. Um, But generally speaking, big shippers have been hesitant to work with smaller carriers because contracting can get confusing, at least it could in the past, right? So many contracts to handle. Um, Validating insurance, uh, tracking live loads, uh, difficulty communicating with the carriers. And really, let's just talk about it. They just don't want to deal with the hassles. In their minds, uh, using a broker is just way more convenient. Now, there's one answer in my mind to all of these problems, and that's automation. But let's start with with the contracting issue, because I know that's, uh, to me, that's been maybe the biggest one. Would you agree? Is the, the challenges of contracting with a smaller carrier? I think the biggest challenge is, is that the industry has to realize that technology is now at the point where it can actually evolve into this type of network. And the reason why I say that's an important part because you know, from, the, from the movement form of deregulation from 1980, and you had a lot of the birth of the brokers, and they facilitated uh, the efficiency of the movements because 97% of this industry is smaller independent. And so if you look at different freight sectors between refrigerated and dry van and flatbed and Carl's and all the rest of them, tankers, when you, when you break that up, you have a substantial number of trucking companies in each one of those segments. Segments and and so the first level that has to be done is the contract because the shipper has to make sure that the carrier the trucking company is under contract. Before deregulation, it was a relationship and that was formed between that shipper and a direct contract with a trucking company and they they did business together. And then you know the evolution of the the deregulation caused really the pressure of shippers being pushed out to because now you have the evolution of technology which was the internet so you had more and more people buying things instead of regionalized or more domestically covered of of the u.s or even you know quite frankly internationally and so that expanded their runs expanded their lanes expanded their business operations right and so in in that it it demanded more relationships with carriers And so if you are, you know, let's say a a shipper that ships, you know, 500 loads a day, well, you're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of of 15,000 loads a month. 
you can imagine how many contracted carriers that you have to have in a relationship in order to fulfill that kind of demand of 15,000 loads a month. And that's a month, not even annually. And so in that, brokers fulfilled and 3PLs fulfilled the role that, that took care of that issue that made sure they were under contract, made sure they had insurance and low-level management of the, of the loads and then paying them. That was a service that really started to increase during, you know, when companies were looking to downsize the amount of, of people that they were paying into, you know, retirement and cutting and reducing the amount of people that they were paying for a long period of time and they outsourced it. So as the, as the volume of freight increased from the outsourcing, you had that managed service provide a great benefit. And, and so there was cost reductions from legacy costs that these companies were looking to get rid of, and there was benefit. Now, as technology has evolved, and now we, hear, we are really in 2020 and beyond, okay, we have to revisit the way that supply chain actually moves. And effectively, what is the list of various different services that a broker or a 3PL does in the form of that, and then the cost, and then look at a system, say lane access system, that can mirror each one of those services at effectively, you know, pennies on the dollar. Because it can manage the contractual relationship. It can manage the insurance verification process. It can manage the, the in-transit information, prior to load pickup if the guy's on time or not which is eliminating phone calls. And you know, you're getting arrival times, loading and unloading times. You're getting in-transit exception management, breakdown, accidents, things like that. And then at the delivery, you're, you're getting when he arrived, unloading times and direct payment. So when you look at what the services that a broker or 3PL actually provided, that now a system can provide at, quite frankly, a better, more expedited and cost-efficient manner you know, it's just the evolution of what technology has done in, quite frankly, every industry that we're that we listen to that and, and we hearing this, we've experienced, you know, movies and travel and banking and, and everything else. It's just the evolution that supply chain trucking is going to is going to go and evolve into in the next 10 years. So let's call it what it is. Trucking has notoriously uh, been behind the times as far as technology. Um, I think, I don't know, I, I, I posit that, that brokers in some ways um, liked technology to be behind the times because it once again uh, reinforces their relevance, right? Just in the same way that, that brokers sort of thrive on a chaotic supply chain to justify their existence. And for years, even up until now, uh, they've been working with uh, phone calls, emails, faxing. It's still happening now, right? So it, it's really become, to me, a, a battle between brokers and, and technology and, and shippers willing to make that mental switch uh, from, from thinking that they need to use brokers and realizing that they can now trust technology. Would you see it that way? Yeah, I, I think, 
you know, when we started back in 2015, you know, the industry that was actually involved in the actual movement, which is the trucking company, the, the independents, you know, they didn't want to use their cell phone. And a lot of them still use paper logs. And, and so that quickly changed in a matter of five years because when it came to 2020, federal mandates went into place of electronic logging devices, and then all of them basically had a smartphone. And, and so there's now a device in the cab and capability for these lists of things I listed earlier, contracting, insurance, all these other things, can be in a mobile device done quickly. And, and, and so it, it, it gives the ability of a network to connect contracts. It's just like an Uber, right? And if you walk out of the, door, of the building and you order a ride, you got to ride in two or three minutes because there's information readily acceptable and there's a guy connected that Uber's just a platform for transporting people, you know? And so this information that's out there, there is a, a large number of independent carriers that have five, 10 trucks or less that represent a three plus million driver network that nobody knows where they're at. And so I think, yes, shippers were comfortable and are comfortable. And quite frankly, they don't know that there's a solution out there for them that they can do something different. Because over the last five, six, seven years, as technology has started to move into trying to be, bring efficiency into the supply chain and trucking, a lot of the electronic brokers and the competitors, you would say, are doing the same thing, shipper to carry direct, use that terminology, but they're not doing exactly what we're doing, which is we have, no, we have nothing to do with the freight rates. We are a platform, just like Airbnb is a platform. We are a platform. And our platform allows the shipper and the carrier to contract direct. It's the purest form of a transportation movement because they contract direct, they negotiate direct, and they pay direct. And then there is the in-transit information of the load level that's tracked in real time and data and everything else. And so I think it's really about marketing awareness that the shippers can realize that there's now a private network that they can create and forgive themselves from the network perspective of the independent marketplace and on-demand access to carrier capacity whenever they need it. So let's talk in broader terms about some of the uh, challenges that carriers have had uh, obtaining shipper freight and specifically big shippers, all right? Let's talk about the super big guys. Let's talk about the Walmarts and the Targets. You know, they run thousands of loads, tens of thousands of loads. I think you have an accurate number uh, of how many loads Walmart runs a day. Uh, you know, the concern is if you're gonna connect with a small carrier or an owner operator, they feel like, how am I, am I gonna move all these loads with one carrier, you can't, right? You're yeah. gonna need thousands yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and, and my answer is, is just pointedly, you need a system to do it. And that's why this is built. And that's why it's taken you know, almost a decade through different iterations to figure out to get to that point. Because there's two components. So when you have a larger shipper, first off, they, they deal with the mega carriers. And it's in a select number of contracted carriers. And it could be 50 to 100. But when you look at that, the overall market, and you're dealing with, you know, 50 or 100 contracted carriers, and you think you are logistically sound, you're kidding yourself. 
Because if, if, if you look at the number of trucking companies that are in that segment, refrigerated, drive-in, flatbed, and you're thinking that 50 or 100 is the number and it represents a quarter of 1% of the total number of carriers, and you don't think that loads are being subcontracted out to the independents and they're actually doing the work and hauling it, you just don't know the industry. You just haven't done the research into the data behind what it actually represents. And so when you, when you start to really look at the industry, right, and you really understand how transportation freight movements actually go, if 97% of this industry is smaller independent and the only way they make money is haul freight, they have to be getting it. So what you're talking about is the contracting and how do they negotiate direct? And then how do they, how do they deal with business direct? That's really what you, and so you need a system because without a system, think about it. A Walmart couldn't manage a direct relationship with 30, 40, 50,000 independents that they would need probably on a month to month basis, if not more, to fulfill and facilitate all their transportation movements. Because they got 8,000 trucks, but they got tens of thousands of loads, 35,000 loads, you know, that every day that they're moving. And, and, and so it's not about me knowing the exact number. It's, these are illustrations of examples, right? And, and so it might be plus or minus whatever it is. It doesn't matter. The point is it's a significant amount of volume that they wouldn't be able to manage if they didn't have a system. Because from a shipper's perspective, first off, they want to make sure that this is a good qualified carrier, regardless of who they're using. If the guy's got a thousand trucks, they want to make sure he's a good qualified carrier. If he's got five trucks, you're going to make sure he's a good qualified carrier, right? So the vetting is done on these larger trucking companies that subcontracted or these brokers that subcontracted. They're the ones that's vetting this. Well, nowadays, a system can vet that, Right. And, and, and so, and they can block carriers that they won't want to contract with anymore. And they can give preferred lanes to, con to carriers they want to, regardless of the size. So when you, take, when you start looking at your transportation, you need to look at the loads as individual loads. You're, you're, you're taking these loads into bulk and saying this lane is this and this lane is this and we're going to bid out these 500 lanes and we're going to contract these out. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to forecast into the supply chain for the next year of dynamically what could happen in the world that's around you. And you're locking up capacity, you're getting, you know, a rate that you have no idea what's going to go into it. And you have no idea what is where they're at. So what I mean by that is if I'm a carrier and I'm giving you a contract rate from here to here, I got to get back at some point, right? And so I'm, I'm pre-planning this because I'm going to give you this rate, but then I got to try to find something to come back. Where if you have network visibility and you have under contract an unlimited amount of carriers that, and really if you look at drivers, because drivers are the ones that actually pick up and deliver the load. Drivers work for trucking companies that have a DOT. So if you think about your network and now you have access to a sea of qualified drivers that give great performance What's going to happen is network visibility and utilize, utilization of equipment is going to allow you to be able to fulfill these, all these moves on attractive rates. Because network visibility, if the guy's here and he's going here, what kind of rate is he going to give you? 
Whereas if he's already got it right here, but he's coming back to there, what do you think he's going to give you coming back? A lot less than what he was going to give you going there because now you got to figure out a way to come back, right? And so the system and the network is to provide visibility into this trucking and supply chain industry to provide network contracting and ability for you to go direct on demand, control your environment, and go directly with who's hauling your freight. And that's where we're at in, the, in, in supply chain, in trucking. We're at the next iteration, you know, from 2000, let's call it from 2015 to, to 2025. You know, prior to that, it was the birth of, from 2005 to 2015, it was the birth of the 3PLs and brokers. And then 2015 to 2021 was starting to be the birth of the inter, in, into the electronic brokerage. You know, a lot of them used, you know, Convoy, Uber Freight, and these other guys used the shipper carry direct, but they were marking up the freight and they weren't effectively building a network of efficiency and, and visibility into it. Now we're at really 2023. And so over the next 10, 12 years, you're going to see the evolution of the supply chain go direct. Where it is a transactional model, it is a direct data-driven model, and it's going to be a, a, an efficiency model that allows the shipper manufacturers to, to be in control but go directly with who's hauling their freight and monetize that into a data that they can analyze that's real, and it's going to be the next evolution of, of the supply chain. So let's touch on something that we see a lot, uh, frankly, in the comment sections of our social or, or uh, videos or whatever, which is skeptics of what we're trying to do, and that includes carriers, by the way, and owner operators. Uh, they say, well, your, your biggest challenge or why this won't work is because it's just too much work for the shippers. There's too much manual labor uh, for them to do all of this. Now, the, the obvious counter answer for us, I believe, and I think you're, you're gonna back me on this, I hope, is, is that they're already doing a ton of work. I mean, you know, Walmart and Target and FedEx every day have rooms full of people looking for capacity. Am I right? I mean, yeah. that is, it's just not a valid um, uh, complaint about... Well, I, I mean, when you make that statement, it's illogical if you actually think about it. Because first off, you're talking about a system and a system that is designed to be built on efficiency and automation. It, it removes the need for human intervention, phone calls, paperwork, faxes, and everything else. So ultimately, in the core of what we're talking about, we're talking about a shipper has product that needs to get moved, and the actual trucking company that is gonna haul it, you're, you are communicating direct, okay? That means you're removing anything else that you add in the middle of that is an extra layer, is another communication. If you pour all that out and you bring the two parties directly together, it's the most efficient. So if you're having a system, obviously we're not asking anybody to put a single load in. If you got a thousand loads a day, you're gonna tie into that TMS or whatever system and them loads are gonna come right over. And then you're gonna broadcast that out to a network via SMS or email or however you wanna do it that communicates to your network and probably alerts right to their mobile app that they got new loads are coming out. So right there, it's a touchless point. Nobody's done anything. 
right? It's, it's flowed in their TMS. The order's gone out to the network, goes out to the network. If it's a price that you want, shipper, the carrier who's under contract says, yeah, I want it, boom, select. It comes back in to confirm. And, and so the system is managing it for you. You're not having to manage a 1,000 loads. <clears throat> but just like no matter what system anybody builds, it's still at the end of the day trucking, okay? You're going to have weather. You're going to have natural disasters. You're going to have a pandemic, hopefully never again, but we did have it. There's different things that's outside of control of, of anything, right? So, yes, you are going to have to do certain things if things happen because that's your business. You have the most interest in making sure your business is run efficiently and effectively, and that's a shipper. But you're dealing directly with who could make it the most efficient, and that's your own network. And that network represents the – that doesn't mean that mega carriers and everybody else can't come to the network and register. Yeah, they can. It doesn't matter because they're hauling the freight. And if that shipper says, hey, I want you to join the network because I want the data and everything else, I want to go direct, and I want to be able to have capacity whenever I need it, we're not opposed to – this isn't a bash on, on large trucking companies because they're trucking companies. They need to make revenue like anybody else. It's just effectively what's happened is, is that it's about the purest form. If you're sending and tendering a load over to a trucking company and they're negotiating dealing directly with you, that's our mission. It's not, and, and it's not a bash on brokers or anything else, but you know, like I talked to earlier in, the, in our meeting, I wanna have a broker challenge. I wanna challenge anybody that says, okay, that, let's just run parallel the costing and efficiency between the way you run your operation and the way we run it. I don't care who it is. That can be C.H. Robinson. That can be anybody. Transco, any, any one of them. You can name them. Just run a parallel system to lane access and look at what data you capture, the information that you do, <clears throat> the real-time information. Look at the costing and what did you pay the carrier? What did you get from the shipper? And we'll do the same. And I'll, I'll run our system and the, how we run it and the effective efficiency of that against anybody. It's not against me. It's the system. We built the system. Talk about the system. And, and if you look at what they do to facilitate, you know, a value prop to their shippers, because that's what they do, we'll facilitate a value prop to the shippers. And you run them in, in, in parallel. And, you know, at the end of the day, what did you pay the carrier? What did you make? What did we pay the carrier? What did we make? And we'll do a, we'll do a comparable. And if you're interested, email us. Email us at uh, customer service uh, at laneaccess.com. Absolutely. Reach out to us and let's do this. Um, I want to run a couple of quick clips, which I think will uh, help debunk a lot of this stuff. These are actual network shippers in the Lane Access system, and they ran successful loads, virtually touchless, uh, little to no human interaction. Uh, roll the clip. Our customers expect the freight to be delivered at the time they say it's going to be delivered. Um, in the past, we've dealt with having to call constantly to, to destination. I had two full-time people that have been working on calling to make sure that the freight's getting there when they say it's going to be there. With Lane Access, we know where, they're, where they are. We can look online. We have the tools to, to be able to do that ourselves with, without having to make all these calls and rely on information that that isn't always accurate. Last year we had, you know, ten thousand dollars in delay claims, and and I think if, if we can 
you know, cut that to almost zero, having lane access available for us. We schedule the times and put everything in the system. And pretty much it went automatic from there. I mean, the load, um, Joe picked up the load on time. Um, you were able to see the um, tracking on your phone to see exactly where he was at any point in time, which is a pretty neat feature. So we could have expected when to have our guys ready on the other side to, um, to offload. The broker phones usually, they come anywhere between 100 to about $300 more, more expensive per load. So, it, I mean, it's a small amount, but it adds up over time, right? It's pretty simple. You just post it up there, you get bids, and you can interact with people and, and figure out what makes sense for everybody. You know, bids and stuff within maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, the shipment was locked down. The shipment went great. You know, I had no issues, and it was, it was pretty simple. Having all the all the carriers come to you in one place is nice. It, that, that shaved a fair portion of the work off of it. Man, I really like lane access. Uh, it serves an excellent purpose for today's shipping needs because, you know, as I said, it's not it's not 1990 anymore. You can make it a lot easier and cheaper and more transparent. So anything you can do to make something like that more efficient and better for everybody, that's a win to me. Okay, so real talk from from real shippers. So um, you know, we're gonna start wrapping this up, but let's talk about uh, another big objection, which is transparency. The big shippers feel like they don't have transparency working with uh, these small carriers. Not true. Well, that's laughable because um, if you look at the data and you look at the financial findings, you'll, you'll see that 35% to 50% of the loads are subcontracted. They're actually double broker load. They're reported as purchase transportation, but they're subcontracted out to an independent carrier. So, when, and this is a challenge to the shippers, we'll run a parallel system to your current operation, won't interrupt your business operations at all, and just run a, a, a data analysis for a couple weeks or a month, how long you want, and actually capture the number of different trucking companies that are picking up and hauling your freight. And I think what you're gonna find is, is that it's a lot more than what you have under contract. And, the volume will speak to the number that is exceeding what you expected. The point is, is that you're going to be able to say, okay, well, if we had a thousand different carriers in that month come and pick up loads and they're smaller independent, but we don't have them under contract, then that thousand carriers are already giving you the service level. Because if you didn't have a problem on all thousand of them and the load got picked up and delivered and you didn't hear about it, they're giving you service level. So, that's going to help you debunk you in your mind the thought that I can't deal with small independent carriers because they don't give me the performance. When in reality, this guy that's more vested than anybody else who's bought a truck and bought a trailer and bought insurance and bought everything else has the most vested interest to make sure he gives you the service level. And as he's building direct contracts with you, that's going to do nothing but increase and increase and increase. Because as you're getting these carriers that represent the industry, but they're giving you the service level and you have data behind that, right? I mean, within the network, you have real-time data that's going to give you performance levels because you have the actual load on the truck. It isn't to a contracted carrier and then he subcontracts it out and then his EDI or whatever he's doing is a guy that's inputting the information. Sorry, that's not real information. That's not real data. Now, you can 
you can justify within your system and you can look at reports and say, oh, man, we're, we're logistically sound. Our carriers are performing at this, this, and this, and this. But if you look at the data and you find out, okay, well, 35% of them are being subcontracted out, then you're going to isolate and say, okay, well, th those are not being input into the data. They're being input, but they're not real-time data. And, and, and so what you're going to end up doing is, is that you're going to start gaining the confidence within the independent marketplace by data to know that these independent carriers, even though they've been given a bad name for various different things, are actually doing a great job. And they're, and they're in business for a reason, and that's because they take pride in, in the service level of how they do their, they'll run their operation. And, and that's going to be proven over in, in, you know, through data. In my opinion, I see you know, the industry as being 3 million owner-operators in, in 10 years. And the reason is because they would be able to come to a system like Lane Access and have a, a, a CDL and get a truck and get a fuel card and get insurance and get direct relationships with shippers and get paid direct and be able to run their full operation. And they'll be able to give statistical data and information back to who they have relationships. And they'll be able to build unlimited relationships with shippers that, quite frankly, they can't do today. All right. Very good. Um, to me, the bottom line is that there's really no barrier or objection uh, that can be articulated of why shippers won't work with small carriers that can't be solved by automation and by lane access automation, all right? Let's be honest. All right, guys, uh, thank you once again for joining us for this uh, latest episode of Let's Be Direct. Stay safe out there on the roads, and we will see you next time. Take care.